FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 212 of the podcast that goes snicked. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable, and we're going to talk about all things Wolverine for the first half of February 2017. The first half of February? First half, yeah. There's a lot to talk about for just half of the shortest month of the year. Uh, We're on the 16th. Well, we're a little late. We're running behind. You're not supposed to say when we're recording. Oh, oh. We're we're already halfway through Happy February. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Was it? I don't know. It's Happy spring something. break. <laughs> Show we your boobies. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas. What a bunny Um, I don't I'm know. drinking coffee. Sorry. <laughs> Not quite sweet tea. Oh my goodness. And it begins. <laughs> the descent into madness. <laughs> now I have a mustache here poking me in the nostril. <laughs> it's driving me batty. Okay, I'm good. You're good. Yeah, I'm good. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... I don't know where to go from here. I guess we should just go to the comics. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We're rolling. Sorry. Live. Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm crying. Uh, you're laughing more now than I've laughed at that show in a long time. Oh, okay. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Ready? I'm good. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> all right. First up, we have All New Wolverine number 17 and Old Man Logan number 17. Both number 17s in 2017. Something weird as a foot. Something wicked this way A foot comes. claw. <laughs> oh, gross. All right, so All New Wolverine number 17 is Enemy of the State 2 Part 5, written by Tom Taylor. Dijabril Morissette Fan is the artist. Michael Garland is the colorist. VC's Corey Pettit Woo! is the letters. And David Lopez does the cover. David Lopez, 2016 Wolvie Award winner, does this cover. Ooh. And I usually, usually really love his covers. Uh-oh. Not this one. <laughs> Wolverine. Wolverine looks weird. She looks like the chick from The Ring. Kind of. She also <laughs> looks like the, um, not, not cowboy chicken, um, <laughs> like the robot <laughs> chicken... <laughs> And the robot chicken version of herself. And not that there's anything wrong with it, uh-huh. but I don't really expect Gambit to look like a drag queen. Mm. And he kind of does. Yeah, but 
traditional gambit attire is borders. Well, I mean, with the headband, he's in purple and pink, and that's fine. But he looks like he's got—I don't know—it's just a weird face. His headband has always made him look a little dragged to me. Okay, well, fair enough. Anyway, it's all new Wolverine versus Gambit on the cover. I also and I, why do his gloves only have two fingers covered? So he can charge, but not charge everything. I don't know. So is that like having a debit card versus a credit card? He came about <laughs> right around 1990 or 91, somewhere in oh. there. So that explains everything you need, you need to know about Gambit. <laughs> okay. Gambit needs a makeover. They've tried. Nothing sticks. It always goes back to the original. I think I... Uh-huh. I think I... Do it. Should come Do a design. It. I'll yeah, tweet it out for everybody. Okay. I'll even tweet Marvel. Ooh. Yeah. You should learn how to draw comics. <sighs> <laughs> can I draw them like little kids? Then you can have both of our dream jobs. Great. <laughs> as long as I get to draw them like little kids. Yeah, I mean, Scotty Young kind of has the market on that, but you can do a different version. Yeah, but Ethan loves when I draw him on his napkin. Yeah, that's true. Big head, little bodies. Yeah. Works. <laughs> anyway, don't care for the cover. Let's see what happens in the comic. Um, remember, we're in Madripoor, and what happens here in this comic? Because so, I don't really know. <laughs> oh, so do I need to take this over? Yeah, you're in the driver's seat. I'm in the driver's I'll seat. I'll do Old Man Logan. Does that mean you're in the back seat? That means I'm just going to chill and tell no me No back you're seat done. driving. <laughs> All right. So Laura wakes up and she is surrounded. Why does the bunny have evil red eyes? Is that the bunny from uh, Monty Python? No. Yeah. But I will say Gambit throughout this whole thing has red eyes. Well, he always does. Does he? Yeah, reddish pinkish eyes. They match his vest. We're going to change that too. (laughs) No, that's part of Gambit. Yeah, but he looks evil. He looks vampire-y. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Twilight-y. No. Yep. No. They have red eyes. Do they? Yep. When they, they, stole, drink, they stole it from Gambit. When they drink human blood, their eyes turn red. And when they drink animal blood, their eyes turn yellow. I know that was when you drank pee. <laughs> well, they might be drinking pee, too, for all we know. Probably. <laughs> all right. I'm sure Stephanie Myers drinks pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, taking a tour. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can start a tweeter. tweeter a tweeter. <laughs> A Twitter beef with with old Twilight Lady. <laughs> Bring it on! Is it gonna be a diamond a, girl in your twinkle feed? Diamond Lily. What is it gonna be in your twinkle feed? My twinkle feed. <laughs> yes. Can we can we do a social media site only for Twilight fans called Twinkle? <laughs> I heart twinkles. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's get back to this comic book. And you swipe Edward or Jacob instead of left swiping left or swiping right. Uh, <laughs> so are you on Team Jacob or are you on Team Edward? Um, <laughs> I'm on Team... Can they both die? I mean, not the actors, just the characters. Actually, I saw... Um, what's his name? Robert Pattinson. Wasn't that movie with him, The Elephant? Okay, wasn't it kind of charming? He's in a movie with an elephant? Yeah, like in a circus, right? 
What are you talking about? There's some movie when he was like in an elephant with a circus, I think. All I know is he was in Harry Potter. He was? Yes, he was. There's no vampires in Harry Potter. No, he was in Goblet of Fire, and he was, oh. Was this pre-Twilight? Yes, in oh, fact. Oh, so it's pre-Twinkle. Okay. He did this, and then. Is he British? I don't, I think so. Oh, He did it, and then that. turned around and did the Twilight movies. Right. But he was, oh, now I can't remember the character's name. Uh, and I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I can't believe I can't remember this. Cred going out the window. Shoot. HP cred. Anyway, in Goblet of Fire, when Harry and Twinkle Boy are in the last game and they see the, the, the Goblet of Fire, the cup, and they're supposed to grab it. They decide they're going to grab it at the same time, so they both win at the same time. But the cup is a port key, and it takes them to Voldemort instead of the end of the games. Um, and Voldemort kills um, Twinkly. Oh. And Harry sees it, and that's kind well, it's of... It's not a shared universe kind of thing. No, it's he's not, not like a vampire. Where, he's it's a It's not wizard. where Draco goes to the Flash universe. <laughs> Because that is that is a shared universe. It's we, the same character. Yeah, Mal- we, so we have a theory. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> alchemy on the Flash is Malfoy Draco. Because he talked about his family. They were from England. Science, but magic, right? And he right. ran away from that. Because he couldn't handle it anymore. Uh-huh. It's the same character. It's a shared universe. Yes. And doesn't... Who owns Harry Potter? Who owns the movie rights? Harry, who does Harry Warner Potter? Brothers. Movie? Yeah. So and they own DC too. So it's all, all one big ball of twine. And he's helping uh, Snow through her uh, anger issues. Yeah, and gave her a magic necklace. Yeah. Actually, I think uh, Cisco gave that. But no, it, they did it pretend. together. Yeah, yeah, they did it together. Yeah. So anyway, same character. <laughs> Heard it here first. Anyway, also uh, Taylor Lautner. Almost tried to be an action star. Oh, really? Yeah, he did. A, he did one movie where he was like, I think he still just ran around without a shirt. But <laughs> anyway, so I'm. I don't know what team I'm on, and I don't know why we're talking about all this, except for this. This comic is not very interesting. Yeah. So we have to come up with something for you guys. Anyway, there's a rabbit. It's the, either the rabbit from Monty Python or the one from Fatal Attraction. Um, and Gabby's snuggling with the rabbit, and it's part of a big plan to... Cedric Dickery. Who? Cedric Dickery is the name of Robert Patterson's Dickery character. Doc? No, Cedric. Did the mouse run off his clock? Cedric. <laughs> I don't even know no. what that means. <laughs> no, but I will say... Use your imagination. This is the only thing that I thought was weird. Cedric Dickery's uh-huh. girlfriend, Harry is, has a crush on... Is Kristen on. Stewart? No. <laughs> It's Cho, and Harry has a crush on her. So it's weird because Harry, after Cedric dies, is like, ooh, should I go after Cho even though, like, her boyfriend died and I saw it? It's kind of weird. But anyway. But then he goes after Ginny Weasley, and it's fine. Right. Okay. All right. So there's a big plan to try to cure Laura of her trigger scent obsession or, like, like to free her from the um, influence of the trigger scent. Yeah, so they're having this bunny, and the bunny is phase two. Yeah. So here, oh, sorry. you're in the back seat. I'm just turning the page, but man. But 
so Laura wakes up. She's with Gambit and Angel and Gabby and this cute little bunny. Mm -hmm. And of course, Laura's like, did I kill anybody? They're like, no, you just killed a real life model decoy. You're fine. And they're like, that was Tiger Tiger. Right. Tiger Tiger. So then she's like, where am I? And they're like, well, we're actually in Tiger Tiger's lair in the cliffs of uh, Madripoor. Madripoor. (laughs) And so they're like, but we brought you here because we're going to release you from your trigger scent. And she's like, the bunny's cute, but I'm still going to kill it. And they're like, ah, oh, the bunny's yeah, for later. Yeah, they have a vial with trigger scent. Yeah. And they're like, oh, the bunny's for later. Um, we're going to help you through this. And guess who's here to help you? Jean Grey. Jean Grey. I mean, it's a good idea. She's going to break down the mental locks on Laura's mind that the trigger scent has and, you know, going to free her from it. Gambit makes a card pun so that we remember he's Gambit. Right. And Angel flies out. Because the 90s trench coat and butt cut hairdo didn't give it away. Anyway. I like Gambit, by the way. I don't mean to be so negative. So Jean takes the bunny and she goes into another room. Gabby does. Oh, no, you're right. Jean does. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Back seat, please. Angel lights his wings. Angel and Gambit go to make sure that no, no one's going to interrupt. Don't disturb us. Do not yeah. disturb. So Gabby basically says, I'm round one. And Laura's like, you're going to kill me. She's like, yeah, I got a healing factor. So Gabby puts a little bit of trigger scent on her. and Like, like the little perfume counter. Yeah, little test sample. And Laura goes berserk. Yeah. And Jean is like, all right, let's find you. Let's find you. Where are you? Uh huh. So um, where, where's her safe place? Her safe place is in a padded room with her mother. Well, her surrogate mother. Her surrogate mother yeah. reading Pinocchio was to her, her. One of the scientists that, that worked on her and then kind of grew attached to her. Yeah. So her surrogate mom's reading her Pinocchio and yeah. she's probably what? Six, seven? This to me was the best art of the book. Yeah. This little section here. It was very sweet looking. It was very sweet looking. I like the little, co- she has like one of those little clip combs in her hair yeah. and it's kind of twisted up, but it's got the little tendrils coming down like a little kid would. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jean's like, oh, I see why you would lock yourself in here. Like it's, it's kind of peaceful. Yeah. So meanwhile, back outside the cliffs, uh, Angel and Gambit spy that shield is coming. So Angel's like, hey, I need them to not come. So I'm going to fly up to him and tell him to kind of back the hell off. Right. And Gambit's like, I'll be waiting. So Angel flies up and Fury's like, you got two seconds to tell me why you're here, fly boy. Now, what gets me is they tell him to put his wings down because they're all flaming. Right. <laughs> why, why did he go up on a shield plane anyway? So he tries to explain to shield. Um, well, first he wants to know who gave him up. And it was Tiger Tiger. Yep, she's on the plane. And she's like, I gave her up because she did try to kill me. Right. Like, and I plus, know she uh, regrets it, but. Yeah. Well, she needs Shield's help to kind of help destabilize and restabilize Madripoor. So. But Shield unintentionally didn't come alone. Well, no, someone tracked them. Mm-hmm. It's Kimura. Yep, and she. And missiles. And she takes down, there's two shield planes, she takes one Their down. Their little ship looks like the Jawa thing. Yeah. And then drives through the desert. So, 
They take one ship down before the other ship goes down. They all jump out of the plane. Angel saves them. Angel saves the pilot in Fury. We go back to the padded room, and Jean's just kind of talking to her like, hey, you know there's a door, and you know you can get out of it. And it, I actually love how this is written, because the surrogate mom has no idea that Jean is there. She's just continuously reading the book while... Because it's just a memory. Yeah, little Laura is actually interacting with Jean. So as she's reading, the mom's like... There are lies that have short legs and there are lies that have long legs. So it's very apropos to what's going on. And um, and then it says, um, there's a conscience that is still a small voice that people won't listen to. And Laura, the next page, Laura is the little eight-year-old or seven-year-old girl and she says, I said go away. But as she says each word, she goes from like the seven-year-old to like the 16-year-old to the however old she is yeah. now. And she then, shunks. Yes. And something that unfortunately only happens in the astral plane. She stabs Jean. But that doesn't mean Jean dies. I cheered for a second. Anyway, I, a couple of things that I thought were interesting on this page. Again, I giggled. Some of the good art of the book. But I thought it was interesting that the youngest Laura in this page looks a lot like she looks in the new Logan movie. Yeah, I noticed which, that Which too. I thought was probably pretty intentional. And then I was trying to remember when she wore the fang suit. But she's in the fang suit. And then she's in her X-Force suit, her uncanny X-Force suit, and then she stabs Jean. Is that a throwback to, like, Savage Wolverine? Which one, the fang the, suit? yeah. I mean, she encountered Fang during the Wolverine series, or was that just Dawkins? I don't remember. I tried to forget that series. Um, and Marvel pretty much has, too. <laughs> They're ignoring everything that happened in it. So, um, I do like how she's drawn in this. Yeah. There's no big boobs. There's no... She's very athletically built. Right. Um, no, there's part. We'll we'll talk about the art in a minute. There's parts of it that are really good, and parts of it that kind of bug me. Yeah. So then we go to an awesome three. That the page is divided up into thirds, and so the first one's Jean Grey with the look of like I've just been stabbed, and she's got blood coming out of her mouth. And then the next panel is Laura in her Wolverine suit, kind of coming to grips with what's happening. And then the very next one, it's Gabby, and she's the one that actually got stabbed in right. real life. Right. She thought it was Jean, but it was just Jean's mind, but it was Gabby that got stabbed. Yeah. So Angel brings everybody back to the cliffs, and basically, you know, Gambit's like, we can't interrupt. I'm I'm with the story so far. Okay. It's like, we can't interrupt, and Jean comes out and goes, actually, you can. We're done. Yeah, and now I'm lost. Yeah, and the bunny's safe. Yeah. Yeah. So... So why does stabbing Gabby just automatically make everything okay? I think stabbing Gabby was almost like opening the door. No, like I understand it shocked her. Like made her like, oh, wait, I don't want to do this anymore. But why does that take away the control of the trigger set? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I have no idea what this book is trying to tell me. Maybe it's trying to tell you that the bond between Gabby and Laura... Is like, that strong? Right. That, right. I mean, I get that part to an extent. I just don't, I don't know. I don't under, 
Well, they don't really explain anything. It's what, just like she stabs Gabby and then suddenly, I'm okay. Well, but what gets me is, and maybe they do this off panel and we don't see it, but did they ever pull the trigger scent out again? Like, hey, let's just double check. Test it, right? Make sure, <laughs> right? Before we lock everyone in a room. Right. To get away from Kimura. Right. Yeah. I and don't know. anyway, so Laura's petting the bunny and Fury's like, what's up with the bunny? And it's yeah. like, you can lock the door. It's safe. I'm free. Yeah. And that's where it ends. All right. What do you think of the art? It was okay. Oh, there were good parts. I don't, I know it's just a, a choice that this artist at some point decided to make with the cross lines and shadow on the nose, but everybody looks like they have a cold. <laughs> Every single yes. character is like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the, and it's not cross hatching. It's um, just that, well, that's kind of cross hatching. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Every, every single face and every single panel every has a nose. shadowy nose. Yeah. And what's weird is where the nose wouldn't have a shadow, he drew a right, shadow. That's what I'm saying. It's a weird, it's just a thing that this guy does, or person does. I don't know if it's like a guy or girl. It makes her snaws look even bigger, especially here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then there are some cool panels too, like. The double snick panel after her eyes go red. Laura's in some nice shadow yeah. and a nice pose. Even Gabby, when she kind of pops her claw in self-defense, looks good. Um, the part where Laura's yelling and is mad, like those look like, other than the nose, looks like a decent face. Um, but then Jean looks goofy most of the time. The panel where they're reading looks great. Yeah. Um, and some of the stuff on the ship looks okay. The panel where Laura kind of grows up and stabs Jean looks good. And the panel with the three faces that you talked about looks pretty good, other yeah. than the noses. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of inconsistent. Like there, there are parts about it I like, parts I don't like. Yeah. And we kind of talked about the story. Anything else you want to add? Nope. About that. All right. When are you going to grade all new Wolverine number 17? I'm going to give it four out of six. Really? Yeah. Besides, right, what do you like about it? Well, okay, I'm not, I'm not... I'm not trying to get you to back off. I'm just curious. No, I I liked that loving story. I felt like it gave Laura... So from the beginning, Laura has struggled with where does she fit in. You know, she's not, Wolver she's not you know, Wolverine. She's not Logan. She's not Logan. She is Wolverine. She Okay. Yeah. You I know, know what, what you mean. Yeah. She's not Logan, so where does she fit in to all of this? And when you see that sweet moment of her and that woman and her being read the story, it's like you see where that struggle initiated from, mm -hmm. where she was a child. And, and I think with all of the X-Men, you know, it's just kind of, I'm an X-Men and I have powers. And besides going back to flashbacks where you could see, you know, when Kitty Pride, you know, is going to dance school and whatnot, there's not a whole lot of what happens when they're kids. So I think that's what I enjoyed about this, was seeing her as an innocent child, being read a story. Yeah. I just thought there was something sweet about it. And, you know, the bunny in the beginning, I'm a, I'm a bunny nut. I like bunnies. <laughs> kind of helped. Right. What, you want me to break your heart? No. 
Okay. Just tell me. Oh, Laura will go on to kill her. To kill the bunny? No, no, her surrogate mother. Oh, yeah, I wish you hadn't told me that. (laughs) It's actually a really heartbreaking scene and a very powerful scene. One day we'll get to Laura's beginning in the flashbacks and you can come on and do those with us. If it's going to make me cry, I don't want to do it. (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, um, I'm going to give Audrey Wolverine number 17 two out of six claws. You can't say that when I'm drinking coffee. (laughs) Wow, we're bipolar. I was bored. Um, You didn't even read it. Um, I didn't understand. I don't understand how the thing works. I don't either. And I, I'm living through off-panel faith. Right. I didn't like the art enough for that to really bump it up. And I just, I don't know. I'm enjoying the story overall. I thought this was my least favorite issue of the series so far. Wow! Put a bunny in your comic, and you get a higher rating from me. <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay. Well, that's that. And I'm guessing, I think uh, I think Dan may be off this book altogether. Dan! Because <laughs> he, email, he messaged me and was like, uh, hey, is there some other books we can do? <laughs> hey, I'm not buying that one ever again. Right. <laughs> Which, and yes, there are. And we look forward to, actually, there's some stuff coming up with some of the new launches that I'm going to try to get Dan back on, like actually on the episode. So look forward to that. Because that'll be really fun. Because we love talking to Dan. We do. Um, All right. So next up is Old Man Logan. You're explaining this one. Return to the Wastelands Part 2. Return to a Trip on Acid Part (laughs) 2. Written by Jeff Lemire. Art by Andrea Sorrentino. Colors by Marcello Maiolo. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And cover by Sorrentino. So remember... Old Man Logan is somewhere. Is he back in his world? Is he in space? Is he both? We don't know. Is he on acid? This opening panel is amazing. I'm, yeah. We're just going to ignore her opinion on Sorrentino for now on. But it kind of is, is a circular, like almost target thing. It reminds me of an eyeball. And inside the, tar- well, okay, let's go with the eyeball thing. So that's the iris. And the iris, he's in Old Man Logan world. Mm-hmm. And in the pupil and the rest of the eyeball, he's in outer space. Uh-huh. It's really, really cool looking. Uh-huh. It is. Look at it. It's great. Really cool. I like the concept. Yeah. Then I love Sorrentino's like flashback, him and my Olo, the way they do the okay. halftone and stuff. This was the only page I enjoyed. Yeah. Anyway, he falls into some water and he kind of relives some moments from the wastelands where he's doing some fighting stuff. It all looks like an old, like, western, like from the 70s. It reminds me of cardboard paper cutouts. That too, yeah. It's another, another great page. He comes up, he's having some memories, but then he's back with Puck. And the whole book kind of goes back and forth between the scenes with Puck and the scenes in the wasteland. And... Basically, they're trying to determine what's going on, but they have to go back in the ship. There's other survivors from the the super brood. So Logan waffles back and forth in the wasteland kind of memory. He encounters Kang, who stole his Hulk son. Oh, they're eyeballs. Yeah, it's Kang's mask. Um, Uh, See his design, like the lines in the face and the, yeah. Yeah, I didn't pick that up the first time. Yeah. 
So anyway, Kang's like, well, I have to save you because your adopted Hulk son turns into the warlord of the wastelands. And we get a great double-page spread of, like, checkerboard art with Puck and Old Man Logan just chopping through some brood. Mm-hmm. It's really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Very violent, very gritty. Mm-hmm. They get back in the ship. They're they're stabbing some brood. And then they disappear. <gasps> then we see the warlord. We see Hulk all grown up. He's got on Hercules' helmet, um, someone's fur collar, and an American tattered flag. He's the warlord. He's going to kill his dad, or his adopted dad. Smashes him. Then we find out what's going on. All this mind trip is caused by a brood-infected Jean Grey. Oh, is that what that is? I think so. Either that or the Joker got her. Yeah. All right, so Art, I love it. You don't. Yep. Story I thought was interesting, I guess. Hated it. (laughs) Um, Because of the art, I will give this four out of six claws. I don't kind of care less about the story, to be honest. I'm kind of intrigued with, like, the struggle between what's real, but then we find out. We're pretty sure we know what's real, which is not really a surprise. And, um... Even the reveal of what's causing it was underwhelming. But I really, really love the art because it's amazing. Yeah. So Old Man Logan gets four out of six claws for me. What are you going to give it? I'm torn. I'm going to give it one out of six. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Let me tell you, I read this on my lunch break. Uh Uh-huh. I read it. And I, I wish y'all could see like what I'm about to do because I read it. I got to the last page. Great podcasting. Uh-huh. And I went, uh, and then I closed it and I stuck it on the pile and I brought it home and Jason goes, what'd you think? And I go, I felt like I needed to be tripping on acid to understand it because <laughs> I still don't understand it. And I don't care if I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, so we were both very different on both of those books. Yeah. So you, listener, can fall anywhere in the middle. Yeah. Fall on my side. If anyone, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I do not say blah, blah, blah. Um, if anyone wants to give their opinions on these two books or any of the books we talk about today. Or if you think I'm full of you know what. Well, she's full of coffee. <laughs> and giggles. <laughs> no, don't start. Don't start. Um, anyway, so those are our two Wolverine books. Uh, oh, what, what I was saying, if you want to give an opinion, you can always tweet you or can tell put me on I'm full a of comment what, on the Facebook page or send an email and we'll talk about all that at the end. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, that is our Wolverine books. Ready to move on? Moving on. All right. I, 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 V, 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 X, 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 I, V, X, X, X. You're fine if you want to. We can beat the Inhumans down because the X-Men should win if they... Uh, blah, blah. Crap. <laughs> if they don't win. Because <laughs> the X-Men should win and if they don't win, then Marvel's full of crap. Okay. And we win. They will. They're going to win. The future solicits are giving it all away. <laughs> And that's how Marvel rolls. Um, anyway, we're going to do an IVX update. We have Inhumans versus X-Men number four and all new X-Men number 18. Uh, okay. All right. 
IVX number four is written by X-Man Jeff Lemire and Inhuman Charles Soule with art by Javier Garon, colors by David Curiel, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, and the cover is by Leno Francis Yu and David Curiel. It's a pretty cool cover. We got Magneto going magnetic style. Crackling with magnetic energy. Yeah. It's a pretty cool cover. It's okay. All right. <laughs> um, so we're on Muir Island and Mosaic, which is that guy from the book I'm not reading. And <laughs> reader. He can phase into people and like and kind of turn read their, their mind, mind into a beehive or something. No, he he basically can see all their memories, but he can control them too. But make them watch it on a TV screen. Right. Or a, a multiple mosaic TV screen. Yeah. It's like watching it on the big screen yeah. at a sports arena. Yeah. Doesn't make me want to go read his book any. No. Um. Anyway, the Inhumans that were captured in a limbo. And what last time, we're talking a very expansive area, is now a tiny little energy It's a ball. golf ball. Yeah. <laughs> on a tee. And they can maybe walk around it in two seconds. Yeah. They determine if they can change the molecular or something and they they figure sound out sound passes through sound can pass through it and air can pass through it ergo they can destroy it so stupid yeah and there's a whole lot of exposition here on how this works uh you can read it if you want to <laughs> or you can leave your friends behind right because <laughs> if they don't read then oh sorry oh anyway so they get free who cares um your island Mosaic is looking for someone to possess. But he has to stay away from blondes. Yes. I th- I don't think that's like a, <laughs> his rule. Like, I no, don't no, think no. we He's read staying, his book. They basically said stay away from the blondes because most all of the blondes are telepathic. Right. And they'll Emma, know. Emma Frost and the Cuckoo Sisters. Right. And he needs to get to Magneto because right. once he possesses Magneto, when he puts the helmet on, they can't read his mind. Right. Turns out all the X-Men have pretty strong mental defenses, though. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't ready for that. Nope. Anyway, we have old man Logan sitting at a table. And that's pretty much all he does this whole book. <laughs> yeah. Lots of talking in this book, as there has been most Lots of the series. Lots of talking. Um, Mosaic gets in, decides it doesn't work so well. He does see lots of Magneto's past. And it freaks him out. Yeah. Including the scene where he rips Wolverine's adamantium away. Classic. Yeah. Um... So he doesn't like it. Magneto confronts him in his own mind and says, get out of here, boy. And so Magneto's like, ooh, I gotta go to the party. <laughs> in a very, very strange looking panel. Well, and it's funny Where he turns 100 years old. Um, Bobby turns to old man Logan and goes, uh, did that really happen? Yeah. So Magneto runs away. Mosaic hops out. He sees a blonde. And he jumps in young Cyclops, steals a plane. Um, the X-Men decide it's time to step up the game, but Colossus calls from Limbo and says, oh, the Inhumans are loose. Oh, crap. Oops. Yeah. Uh, he fires up somehow. I guess he just gets really hot and he's metal. And he's going to fight the Inhumans. Then uh, the the Inhumans who have captured Forge in a... Uh, uh, crap. Blackbird shows up. Right. And young Cyclops gets out. And 
what to me is the most interesting part of the book because Miss Marvel and Cyclops are teammates on the champions. Ooh. So you know they don't want to fight. But then Mose jumps out and is like, oh, I, I needed him to because he knew how to fly the plane. Yes, and something interesting happens at the end of the book. The only interesting thing happens at the end of the book. <laughs> you read the whole book for these last three panels. Yeah. So Mosaic basically explains what he learned, and what he learned was to walk a little bit in someone else's shoes. Yep. He learned that the X-Men's perspective on this whole thing, that they have two weeks before the planet becomes toxic to them because of the Terrigen clouds. And then I actually really enjoy this because I like Miss Marvel. She's a really cool character. She's the one that says, um, are we wrong? Yeah. Or like, should we at least stop and think about this instead yeah, of just assuming? Yeah, who are the assuming, good guys here? Right. That we have to protect the cloud at all costs. Like, uh-huh. Here's my issue with this book. Oh, are we done? Can I say my issues? Sure. Okay. What the hell? Why hadn't they thought of this before they just started being all Because Medusa is all witchy and only cares about the, protecting the inhumans. Okay, but I'm sure all inhumans have their own mind. And I'm sure Medusa has a small little group that follows her, but come on, Miss Marvel. Well, they may not. I mean, we, we don't know for sure that they even knew it was hurting the X-Men. They, they, you're telling me they don't know about M-Pox? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like their revelation is like it's yeah it's, it's four kinda, days too short, right? <laughs> At least four issues too short. <laughs> anyway, what do you think of the art? All right, it's fine. I mean, it's not. There's nothing that makes me go ooh, great. but there's nothing that makes me go. No, yeah, it's just kind of there. Yeah, I don't know why Magneto becomes an old man when he has to pee. I guess bladder incontinence. Literally ages him. I mean, he's already kind of old looking anyway. He's got, you know, stark white hair. Yeah, but he's going from like, oh, who's the guy from Planet of the Apes? Um, Charlton Heston? Yeah, he's going from like Charlton Heston, like. He's going from like Charlton Heston old to like Jack Palance in the City Slickers or. Yes. Or Batman. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. He's Benjamin Buttoning. <laughs> <laughs> no, Benjamin Button goes backwards, right? Yes, yeah, he does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's the one funny panel of Old Man Logan going, hmm. Mm. <laughs> that's funny. But, um. What you yeah, going to grade it? I don't know. You know, I was trying to decide. Oh, man, I had a really interesting thought today at work. And it's gone. And it's gone. Poof. No, I was trying to decide what it was that is it bothering me about the series. And I had it figured out. I figured it out. And I haven't been able to put my finger on why I'm not enjoying this at all. And I figured it out today. And now I can't remember what I figured out. Here's my thing. With as much as Beast has been trying to, like, make it work with the Inhumans, at some point, somebody other than Medusa knows that the mpox are going and it's dangerous to mutants blah 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 but she doesn't care well, she doesn't care but here's the deal with as much as the mutants talk about it and it's it seems to be an outbreak i mean 
It's like bird flu. When bird flu was going around, it was all over the news. It was all over everywhere. Everybody knew about it. I mean, you couldn't get away from it. I'm assuming with something this pandemic that you couldn't get away from it. It's going to make the news. It's going right. to, people are going to be talking about Unless it. Unless the press isn't covering it because it's only hurting mutants. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want everyone to remember when you're trying to figure out who you're pulling for in this book that the Inhumans are the fundamentalist, crazy religious people in this book. <laughs> so if you're thinking about being on their side, just remember that. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, the X-Men have been a little probably They've too radical for their own good. But, you know, that's just the way the story goes. Mm-hmm. Man, it really, really bothers me that I can't, I should have wrote it down. This bugs the snot out of me. That nobody sat down and had a conversation? Hmm, I no, think I, I said can't that remember why I ago. hate the series. <laughs> no, I hate, hate's too strong. I can't remember what it is that's really bothering me about this. What bothers me is nobody has sat down. There's no outside social media campaign that says, hey, this is killing us. Can we talk about it? Nobody's saying anything. It's like, we can only talk to Medusa and Storm. And that's it. And nobody else. Yeah. And just I know it had to do with the new launches. Yeah, something, and, and the obviously super low stakes. And <laughs> knowing that the X-Men are going to survive. And... I don't know. And they're I'm, all going to live on a spaceship. Yeah, I just don't really care. Um, What's going to grade it? Three out of six claws. No, you gave it a score higher than me. Two? Yep. All right, fair enough. So, in all new <laughs> X-Men number 18. <laughs> Moving on. Written by Dennis Hopeless, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by Andrew Hennessy, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And covered by Bagley, Hennessy, and Woodard. Uh, on the cover, we have young Cyclops and old Cyclops blasting each other. Interesting. It's a pretty cool cover, I guess. It's fine. Have you noticed these books get less and less interesting to us <laughs> as we go through them? You know, I I really love comics. Uh-huh. And I try to take the most... I know it doesn't feel like it this episode... <laughs> but I really try to like find the best and something to like about all these books. Uh-huh. So and I don't mean I to be like but I don't mean to be like Debbie Downer, you know, on the event here, but you know, just it is But we are. Anyway, in this story we, we find the whole story of Mosaic taking over Cyclops and flying away than the Blackbird. Yeah. Um Cyclops, it, was, it really it plays into to IVX, I guess it was issue one, where they actually attack New Adelin or Attilin, and how worthless young Cyclops feels. He's trying so hard not to be old Cyclops, but he feels like by participating in this battle, he kind of is old Cyclops. Um, there's actually a pretty cool scene that I don't, um, where he fights Medusa, or doesn't fight Medusa. Um, yeah... Uh, I do actually like the way Bagley draws Old Man Logan. I like his version. Yeah, I do too. Um, anyway, uh, Cyclops is reading his own press, which Angel's like, I thought we weren't doing that. He's like, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Mosaic 
it shows them all as past, we find out the mosaic carries over pieces of memories from previous possessions. Yeah, like it kind of sticks with him. Yeah. Like something on the bottom of your shoe. Yeah. There's a big... Um, Magneto helmet. Metal helmet, yeah. And so Cyclops decides he's going to go look. Yeah, he goes inside and he sees a bunch of Magneto memories, including, again, where he strips Wolverine's adamantium. Uh, the time during the Grant Morrison run where he wore the smock. <laughs> and then we find out when he went to visit Emma Frost... And now, this is actually pretty interesting. I this was interesting. So young Cyclops finds out what really happened in Death of X. That Emma, the Cyclops didn't die fighting the Inhumans. No, he died from Mpox. Mpox trying to destroy the cloud. And he didn't really even try to destroy the cloud. He was just researching it and he died. Yep. And so young Cyclops is like, all of this is Emma's fault. It's yeah. not even my future self's fault. I'm running all all this like junk I'm going through, all this paranoia about my future and what I'm going to become. It's not even really me, though, to be fair. There was a lot to worry about before any of this ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> but regardless, for this particular story anyway, um, he realizes that Emma is to blame and he swears he's going to make her pay, which I'm really looking forward to that uh, um, confrontation. Yeah, I found this one. I was bored with it, bored with it, until I got to that point. I went, oh. Yeah, it was pretty good. So what do you think of the art? I thought it was okay. Yeah. I think it had some good panels. Um, like you said, I like the way Old Man Logan's drawn. Um, I don't know why Angel didn't turn off his wings when he's just hanging out, sitting on the floor. It was cold. Oh, okay. He wanted to keep himself warm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um... So our Wolverine characters really are barely in this. They just kind of walk around a little bit. <laughs> and look over their shoulders. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like, I mean, oh. I'm a Bagley fan. I thought the art was pretty good. Okay, not to jump gears, but that was my other issue with the last book. Because when Mosaic jumps into uh, Magneto, he's like, people are looking at me. But then all the people drawn around him are looking like up at the ceiling. Oh. And not at him. Anyway. Yeah. Back to this book. So what are Back you going to grade it? Um, so I'm with you. I was kind of like, oh, okay. You know, young Cyclops moping around, talking about the battle. Then he kind of mopes around some more. And then the interest, the end part got really interesting. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Um, I think overall I will give it four out of six claws. I too am going to give it four out of six. All right. I, 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 V, 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 X, X, X. That's our Inhuman versus X-Men update. Update, You can update. find, if you want to, you can beat the Inhumans down because the X-Men should win, and if they don't win, then Marvel's full of crap. There, I got through it. <laughs> Calling all the monsters, monsters, monsters. Now, it's time to update you. Up, uh, update. Update update you on Monsters Unleashed. Update, update. Yeah, another little event. We're, we, we're event crazy this week. Um, so we're going to talk about Monsters Unleashed number two. And all new X-Men number one.mu. <laughs> Just weird. The way they, but anyway, it's, it's basically it's Monsters all new X-Men. University. Monsters Unleashed number one. Um, so, Monsters Unleashed number two 
is by Colin Bunn, writer, Greg Land, Man penciler. Man Bunn, what? Yeah. Jay, shh, listen, is the inker. David Curiel is a colorist. VCs Travis Lanham is the letterer. And the main cover is by Greg Land with Jay, shh, listen, and Frank D. Armada. I didn't get that one. I again lucked out at the comic shop. Thanks, Awesome Comics in Dallas, Texas. And um, was able to pick up the Franco Francovia variant cover. It crawls by night. And it's basically a giant evil tree Groot monster uh, destroying a neighborhood. Okay. It's a great cover. She's staring at me. She doesn't understand the magic that is Franco Francovia. No, I like I'm sorry, it. I'm Francisco just Francovia. I'm just thinking the poor tree needs dentures. <laughs> Trees aren't known for their teeth. You can't be menacing without yeah. teeth. So we're figuring out the monsters. Uh, we're on the Alpha Flight Station. Agent Brand is talking to Captain Marvel. They see giant monsters shooting through the sky, trying to crash land on the Earth. They're going to take them out. But they can't get them all, of course. So they're still falling to the land. We're in Portland where the Avengers are fighting monsters. They're talking to Black Panther. Everyone's talking to each other. Fighting monsters. Um, Then Moon Girl is trying to figure out what's going on with the monsters. And she figures it out that... The monsters are communicating with each other. And they're not just here to be monsters. They're here to make way for something even worse. Uh-oh. They're preparing the way. Uh, Elsa Bloodstone is still wandering around, and she figures out... some For some reason, she has a list of people that could possibly... Um, be the, yeah. at the heart of it. That could possibly own this like ancient signature that drew these monster pictures. I forgot the stupid werewolf by night's real name was Jack Russell, like the Jack Russell Terrier. I <laughs> forgot about that, and it cracked me up. Because her list that she is crossing through is Dracula, Dracula Jack Russell, Johnny Blaze, uh, and Danny Ketch, both ghostwriters, Michael Morbius, Andrea Benton, and Ted Salas. I don't remember who either of those are. I did not wiki them. Um, and then our new character that we all know as the culprit is Kay Kawadi. Which I didn't realize his mom, he's like 14, right? Right. Yeah. So he's at din- family dinner. His parents are like, don't go outside. Be careful. Yeah. And he goes upstairs and draws some more monsters. And so they fight. More fighty fight. Um, there's some pretty cool art with Thor. Uh, where do we actually have our Wolverine character? Um, so Elsa Bloodstone shows up at the kid's room. And he's like, I know you. Oh, here we are. Then Old Man and Logan's in the bottom of a panel. You <laughs> bought a, this comic for Old Man Logan in the bottom of a panel? Yeah. As the heroes bond together to fight all the monsters together, and there's a whole bunch of them. There are a bunch of them. Including Ping Fang Foom. Oh. Yeah. And then they see something, and they all turn to Sam Wilson to lead them, and he's like, uh... And to be continued. What did you think of the art? It's okay. Really? No, no. Let me back up. I liked it. 
I did not, this whole monsters falling through space and everybody's fighting them. I feel like um, that was the last issue. So we just had that part too. Well, you can't blame the artist for that. No, I just, I wish there was more. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed the art and it didn't really have any of Greg Land's weaknesses. There wasn't any like overtly sexual stuff in here that I remember. And I, I, didn't, I don't think I missed anything. Um, no, but this is the book where Blackstone shows up and the kid's like, you're Bloodstone? Black um, yeah, he's like, you're Emma Bloodstone. I've read all your books or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, are you here to take out the monsters? And she's like, yep. That's what I do. I really enjoyed like his Thor. It's really cool. And his Guardians looked really cool. I yeah, I did like his Guardians. Um, I thought his monsters, particularly kind of the way he drew them like Jack Kirby, looked pretty cool. Um, his old man Logan kind of looked like a cat. Not fan of his overly busty women. See, I I thought he actually toned it down a little bit. This issue. Oh my goodness! <laughs> if this is toned down. <laughs> All right. Well, so anyway, I I like the art fine. The story. Um, I'm with you. Just kind of felt like, hey, here's monsters. Which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't know. I got kind of bored. Yeah. I'm with the Intercomics podcast gang. I'm glad that, you know, the monsters are bad and our heroes are together fighting bad guys instead of each other. I like that. Heroes being heroes, as they coined a phrase, is, is a good concept. But that doesn't, just because that, it's happening doesn't necessarily make it interesting. Right. <laughs> and I'm not sure how interested I am. Well, and has anyone asked the monsters, are you just looking for a place to live? Well, Moon Girl did. Remember, she heard him communicating and they're making the way for some giant menace. Yeah. All right. All right. What are you grading it? I'm going to give Monsters Unleashed number two. Uh, I'll give it three out of six claws. It's just kind of there. I, too, am giving it three out of six. All right. So then we have our tie-in. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all new X-Men, Monsters Unleashed number one. Featuring Gambit. Featuring Gambit, yeah. This is Rit, 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 Rit. Rit? Rit, 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 Rit. I you a ticket. Yeah, it's written by Jeremy Whitley, or possibly Whitley, but probably Whitley. Um, I've been very Whitley lately. <laughs> Extra white. Um uh, penciled by Carlo Barbary and Ron Lim. And I actually had a little bit of trouble telling when they switched. Neither of them were particularly... You can tell it was them if you know them, but they weren't necessarily doing their distinct styles that they normally do. Especially um, when you drink coffee. Each by Walton Wong and Terry Polo or Pallet. I never know. Um, Chris Peter is the colorist and VC's Corey Pettit Woo-hoo. is the letterer and Adam Kubert with Frank Martin did the cover. I really dig this cover. We have a tattered Wolverine with Iceman slumped over her shoulder and he's kind of melty. Yeah. It's a it's great nice. cover. Some monsters in the background. I don't like the featuring Gambit on the front. I'm sure it's a throwback, but. Oh, uh, the guest starring. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so you know, so in case you really, really love Gambit, you can buy the book. Right. 
Alright, so X-Men Road Trip. All new X-Men on the road going to Nolens. Wow. Don't ever say that word. That's how you say it. They're going to New Orleans. Nolens. Nola. Nola. <laughs> um, and they're going to hang out, but everyone kind of has their own agenda. Um, I forget why are they going. Are they, are they really just relaxing? Yeah, they're going to Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah, they're going to Mardi Gras. <laughs> I like that Laura is kind of our, perspect, our POV for a lot of this book. She's talking about like the differences between her and Logan, how Logan would run off by himself and be a loner, um, never had to put up with this crap. <laughs> um, she gets her wish. He goes, oh, yeah, I remember how. He just took off on his motorcycle and never told people he cared about him where he was going. Um, and she gripes about her overprotective boyfriend with Angel. And then she takes off. She puts on her costume. She had a friend that called her some unexplained murders in the swamp. Uh-oh. So she's going to go check that out. I really like the panel of her pulling her mask on. Yeah. It's really cool why she puts on a uniform and waddles out into the swamp. Um, and her turns out her friend is Gambit. So Gambit and two books on this episode. Ooh. Neither of which seem related. No. Or even as, you know, corresponding to each other. Now, Gambit and Laura dating, that would be interesting. Oh, but Gambit's like a big brother to her. Mm. He took her under his wing for a while in her solo series. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so they see each other. Um, then we go to St. Louis Cathedral in Jackson Square. And you said this looked pretty close, right? It's close. Yeah, it's so not this, exact. So we're going to get some Louisiana commentary this whole issue mm-hmm. from our native. I read it and I told Jason all the things I didn't like about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so apparently the little statue off to the side of this is in the wrong place. Well, I think they were trying to like for perspective, but the little so statue is exactly in front of the right. church. But then you want to be able to see the church in the drawing. So yeah. I think it's artistic but then, liberty. But then why not shift, like change the perspective so you can see the church and see it? Like, And I think that's what they were trying to get at, but... Anyway, it didn't work. I didn't. Anyway, when yeah. when you when you grew up there and you live there and one little thing is off by like 10 feet, bugs me. Right. So they all kind of split up, go their own separate ways. We go back to the swamp where Wolverine and Gambit are looking at a body. Looks like it's been eaten by something. Yep. Then they find a net over their heads. So somebody's been catching stuff and eating it. Yeah, and Laura doesn't recognize the smell. Then she goes into the water, and an alligator chomps on her arm. Chomps it right off. Chomps it right off, yeah. So then Idy and Evan go inside the church. And I actually kind of like this part. Yeah, they have a very interesting religious... because Evan's like, I don't really get it or care, but Ivy's like, this kind of eases my conflict a little bit. Right. Because she's been struggling with her faith, her beliefs, but then seeing a place like this kind of reconnects her. And Evan's like, okay, sure, <laughs> whatever you say. Well, but they have an interesting talk because he's like, I don't know if I should be here. And she's like, oh, all people are welcome. Yeah. And she's like, all people who seek uh, God are welcome. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I don't know if I qualify for that either. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And so anyway, she prays and Beast listens to live music. I think Pickles is sitting on a snare drum. Oh. Eating a giant hot dog, I hope. Um, <laughs> the Beast is playing drums with his feet, except for the snare drum, because Pickles is sitting on it. But he's playing those cymbals and toms, man, let me tell you. Um, Why another guy plays saxophone and guitar, and everyone's like, oh, Beast is really good, and then Iceman gets a flyer for a LGBTQAI annual Mardi Gras ball. Um, I know that was a funny little flyer. It's like, bring yourself, bring your boyfriend, bring your boyfriend's boyfriend. Loosen up, wear a costume. Yeah. Interesting little flyer, and so he's like, oh, I'll check it out. But that's very New Orleans, too, though. Yeah. Can we go back to the alligator? Laura gets her arm back out of his mouth. So it can heal and I like how she... Actually, I don't like. She literally just sticks her arm back where it was separated. I was like, all right, heal. Yeah. It just has to touch each other. And Gambit's like, that's weird. (laughs) It's weird, Gambit. I'm with Gambit. Yeah. And they smell the weird smell that Laura can identify, and they trip a net and get caught up. And Gamma's like, well, cut us out. And she's like, everywhere my claws are would go through you. Oops. And you don't have a healing factor. Nope. And then this guy shows up with ram horns and stuff. Uh, Dr. Chimera. I feel like he's been somewhere before, but I don't remember where. Yeah. Um, And he basically gives a monologue, and then something shoots in the background. You can go to a parade, and there's a big uh, Poseidon float. And the X-Men are loving the parade. They're having fun. Neptune. Yeah, Poseidon, Neptune, same person. Greek or Latin. Okay. Or Roman, I mean. Um, Then Iceman goes to the ball, and people joke about how he's not dressed up, that his costume is an uncostume. I thought that was kind of funny. Well, you have to understand, when you go to a Mardi Gras ball in New Orleans, it's a big deal. You wear a mask. You wear beaded gowns. Yeah. I mean, no, feathers. all dressed to the yeah. nines. And uh, this guy, they say, is that some kind of anti-costume? Far too hip coming to the ball dressed as a complete square. People in which New Orleans felt like a scene like out that. of the new Archie comic, which I kind of liked. Uh, Beast is enjoying his his concert. And then Dr. Chimera finds what shot, and it was one of our monster meteors, and it's a giant blue crawdad. Yeah. Mud bug. And then Laura and Gambit are going to try to fight it. But it Um, heads to the city. It heads to the city very quickly. (laughs) Very, very quickly. Its tail doesn't slow it down, and if you poke at its antennas, it doesn't curl up in a ball. the deep swamp, like right next door to downtown Nolens? Um... It's not that far off, actually. Okay. All right. Uh, Laura sends a text to everybody. Giant monster coming. Iceman does an ice slide. Beast hops around. Angel does a flyer wings. They all fight the monster. Iceman says, eat ice, crab cakes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We have a very unimpressive double page spread. Very unimpressive. <laughs> um. They fight the monsters some more. Monster, monster, monster. I like that Wolverine actually kind of leads the team here. He's kind of the leader. I thought that was really interesting. I also like how Kid Apocalypse is wearing a Breeze jersey. Oh, yeah. He is wearing a Drew Breeze jersey. Yeah. From the new Nolan Saints. 
down that's what he says every time um so anyway uh Wolverine comes, comes up with the plan gamma's gonna charge a flute with yes. his power and they're gonna shoot it at the monster and they do and my favorite panel of the book which will probably be the screenshot for this episode is a really awesome panel of the float blowing up the crawdad and the little Mardi Gras faces flying around and Wolverine flying out of the explosion. Mm-hmm. It's a great page. Now, I saw something interesting. There's a, so the Guardians of the Galaxy monsters unleashed one shot. Uh-huh. The monster on the cover, I don't know what's in the book, but on the cover, it looks like the same monster. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of lame. Um, anyway, our heroes save the day. The crowd goes wild. Nobody lifted up their shirt. No, there's no beads in this whole thing. No little beady necklaces. <laughs> so no flashing. Where where are the girls gone wild guys going to take advantage of drunk young women? Yep. Shame on them. Um, anyway, Laura does not enjoy the spotlight, so she sneaks off to a rooftop. A root, a rooftop, a rooftop, rooftop. Get your consonants right, you idiot. Um, <laughs> anyway, Gambit joins her, and you had a really big problem with this. Yeah, so Gambit opens a little ice chest and is like, "Here, have some New Orleans ribs." Mm-hmm. Ribs. Ribs. Well, that's the kind you get in Texas or Cincinnati or Kansas City. or Memphis. Yeah, or Memphis. Yeah, where's the jambalaya, the etouffee, the red beans and rice? Right. <laughs> Dirty rice. Where is the, a po' boy? Come on. You just killed a crawfish. You can make like shit ton of po' boys out of it. Right? Ribs. Ribs. Those famous Nolan's ribs. <laughs> Your dad loves ribs. So maybe there's something He does love ribs. But you have to understand New Orleans well, is like this. Loves ribs. Everybody right. loves ribs. But there's something about New Orleans food. You don't go to New Orleans to eat ribs. Go to New Orleans, have red beans and rice or etouffee or jambalaya or right. a po' boy. And if you have a po' boy, you just put butter on that thing and mm, <laughs> no tartar sauce, no cocktail. Oh, God. Don't put cocktail sauce on it. Just a little bit of butter on your bun. Mm. Butter my buns. Yup. Anyway, so her and Gambit have a moment hanging out over ribs on the roof. Stupid. I also... <laughs> Besides the cultural New Orleans impact, just having loose ribs in a cooler sounds so disgusting to me. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So you went to New Orleans uh-huh. last year. Yeah. And you went without me. Yeah. Okay. My first time to spend real time there. I'd been through there. Right. And stopped at a gas station. <laughs> okay. When you were there, though, and my parents said, hey, let's go get you some, some real Louisiana food. Was mm-hmm. your first thought, ooh, ribs? No. When I went to Cincinnati and Kansas City, yes. Yeah. When we were in Memphis? Yeah. Yes. Ribs, <laughs> ribs all day long. New Orleans? No. Lots of other things to try. I'm sure there's a great rib place somewhere in New Orleans. Even if he was like, have a coffee and a beignet. Yeah. Oh, man. I could go for that again. <laughs> Or, here, have a hurricane. I mean, there are so many other great things that they can have other than a rib. I really want to talk to this artist and ask, why did he think a rib? Yeah. 
But at least Gavin brought wet wipes. <laughs> <laughs> they wear gloves. And they wear gloves. Well, Gavin doesn't have gloves on all his fingers. So he licks And them. his fingers are on, or his gloves are on different fingers. This issue than they were the last one we read. Yeah. Mm, flaw. Inconsistent gloves. Flaw. Yeah. Big flaw. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what do you think of the art? I couldn't tell where one artist ended and the other one began. I thought the art was okay. It was fine. I'm I'm a fan of both of these guys. I feel like they tried to like kind of come together and be the same. Yeah. <laughs> so they weren't distinctly either of their styles. I don't know if their styles are normally all that similar. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they are. I honestly haven't read a Ron Wynn book in a while. Um, and Barbary, I you know read him pretty often. Um, but anyway, the art was fine, and the story was yeah, it's kind of there. There were things I liked. I liked Gambit and Wolverine in the swamp. Mm-hmm. And I like they're kind of reconnecting, probably more so than I like them in All New Wolverine. Um, and I liked a couple of the character moments, and I liked Laura kind of taking charge of the team. I don't really care about the monster at all. No, the monster um, was stupid. And, you know, whatever. So, what are you going to grade All New X-Men Monsters Unleashed number one? One out of six. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're really I was, offended by those I ribs. I am. I, Super offended by the ribs. <laughs> I'm, I got excited when I realized they were going to New Orleans. I went, eh, you got the statue wrong. I love when they went into the cathedral. I love that exchange. And then it just went downhill. And then when they pulled out the ribs, I was like, done. <laughs> nope. There were enough little things that I liked. I'm going to give it three out of six claws. Okay. So that ribs, by the way, when we go to New Orleans. That is our Monsters Unleashed update. Update, update. Calling all the monsters, monsters, monsters. All right. So that's going to do it for episode 212. February 1st half 2017 is done. Done. Donezo. Done. Yep. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode and some of our off-track vantor. Vantor. That we're known for. Um, so as usual, what is your Twitter? I don't know. What, okay. what am I? D-A-S underscore Venable? Maybe. Something like that. Yep. So for the podcast, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Email us SnickCast at Yahoo.com. Website with show notes is SnickCast.Podbean.com. And you can use any of those methods if you have opinions about the books we talked about. Like you like ribs yeah. in New Orleans. If you agree or disagree with us on anything and want to share that, feel free. We'll even probably read it on the podcast or talk about it on the podcast. Yep. Um, I don't, actually I do. I do know exactly what will be next. Next will be our flashback for Atlantis Attacks. <gasps> yeah, it does. Or Is did. there a city of gold? No. Damn. There's an underwater snake. Oh. <laughs> and a whole lot of words. 
<laughs> I'm not reading that one. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, lots and lots of words. Oh, yeah. I'm gl- who's who, who, who's doing that one? Andrew? No, just me. Oh, okay. It's a solo. There's not a whole lot of Wolverine. Have fun with that one. Yeah. Anyway, that'll be next. Um, you can look forward to that. Also, coming up, um, we'll keep doing our regular books, obviously. And then uh, Meltdown coming up real soon, which will be fun because I've never read that before. So. Meltdown? Yeah. It's an old uh, going nuclear? miniseries. Yeah. Okay. It involves nuclear stuff. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's it. So until next time. Hugs and snakes. Everybody. All right. Bye-bye. And snack. Snack.